This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport fan network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the quarter pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 58 of the Stacey West podcast. As ever, I'm Ben and Gary's with me. Are you alright mate? I'm very well my friend, how are you? You've had a tough one I think, have you today? Oh, it's been it's been a very busy day. Working in IT when the power goes off across the city is not a fun place to be. I can tell you that much. But uh... you know, right? Little story, and this isn't football related. And maybe should have told you off air. But I actually once worked in IT support, and uh, wow, I was working for um, a builders merchants uh, called Jackson Building Centers. Other builders merchants are available unless Jacksons want to pay us, and then you know they're the only ones. Um, and uh, I remember we got this call from, and I won't say which branch it was, got this call from this woman in the showroom saying, my computer's not working. Can you press a button to make it work? And you you, you will have had that, do you know what I mean? You know what yeah, to do. Yeah, yeah. So, right. So uh, can you try pressing the button, turning it off and on again? Because that's obviously the go-to. You know, it's a joke, but obviously you do try it. She said, yeah, yeah, I've tried that. Yeah. Right. We said, we said so um, can you start tracing the power line? We said, just back all the way back to the wall and just make sure it's plugged in because we knew this woman was a, was a fool. And she was like, of course it's plugged in. I'm not stupid. And we said, well, is it turned on as well? She was, yes, of course it's turned on. She goes, I'm not stupid. She goes, but none of that matters, does it? Because we're having a power cut at the moment. <laughs> and there was just that silence. We said, so how do you think we're going to turn it on? She goes, don't you have backup power? <laughs> See, the thing is, like every person that's worked in IT has got a story about somebody that has phoned in during a power cut to say that their computer is not working. Oh, it's, I thought I was being unique. <laughs> no, it's 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 a common thing. Um, much like as well, um, the 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 common thing where somebody rings you up and goes, "Oh yeah, uh, I can't do anything. I can't. My, my computer's not working. It's completely black." I'm like, "Okay, right. Let's have a look." So you can remote over to their computer and have a look at what's happening on the screen. You go, "No, it seems all right from here. Is everything all right?" And on, on yeah, everything's fine. And it's oh, you've turned the monitor off, haven't you? <laughs> oh yeah, I press that button and it's all come back. Thank you. Magic. <laughs> but, yeah. You wonder how these people get through life, don't you? 
Yeah, it's um, it, the phrase that I used to use in a previous job was uh, was very much. I've tried nothing, and I'm all out of ideas. I'm going to ring IT. Mm. Um, so, but anyway, anyway. yes. Uh, enough about enough about working in IT and, and dealing with uh, computer problems. Um, are you well? Yeah, very well. Yeah, I was. Um, I broke my uh, I broke my promise the other night. I think I've done really well not indulging too much with social media. Um, and in the wake of the Portsmouth game, uh, I did indulge a little with some people. Although to one or two's credit, there's, there's been somebody, and I won't say who because it wouldn't be fair, who I had not a Twitter spat with because it's someone I respect, but who was very, very negative about some of the things I'd written about Portsmouth, who messaged me today basically saying, actually, you know, I'm sorry for the way that I acted, but defeat gets me like that. And that I can understand. I can understand that. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so yeah, let, let's let's sort of go on to to talk about Portsmouth a little bit. Obviously, it was a game that I think um, we we sort of called as a one that we potentially struggle with. Um, it was, I I think it's possibly like the end of what I would consider to be the uh, like the sticky run, if you like, um, of, of games where I think we might look oh. at. Let's wait till Saturday to find that out, then. <laughs> well, no, I mean in in terms of in terms of the, the fixtures, um, you know, looking not overly kind to us. Uh, yeah, okay, I yeah, I get that. Yeah, yeah, um, but uh, yeah, I think um, I I I wasn't going to drive down to Portsmouth on a Tuesday night. I mean, whoever was responsible for that part of the fixture list just wants slapping because I, I was really looking forward to Portsmouth away at the start of the season, but. Uh, yeah, it, uh, when it was announced, it was a Tuesday night. I thought, oh, for God's sake, that's knackered the attendance, hasn't it? But not not massively. I think we had a a good showing on uh, on Tuesday night, particularly for a four hundred plus mile round trip. It's a fashionable um, so credit. It's a fashionable fixture. It's one that people will 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 say, "I went to Portsmouth on a Tuesday night." I'd be very surprised if we got the same sort of numbers going to AFC Wimbledon on a week on Saturday. Yeah, I, I, I guess I, I can see where you mean on that. I just think, you know, to to make that sort of a, a trip is is mightily impressive. Oh, so credit to everyone that did yeah, hats that. off. Yeah, yeah, I'm not I'm not being um, I'm not being uh, derogatory towards them. Fantastic following, um, but it is it, you know it, it's quite a fashionable one to go to. Probably Wimbledon actually might might be as well. Maybe I'm looking at somewhere like Gillingham on November the sixteenth. That you think mm, you know bit of a long way, but no, I mean I'm not going to moan about a fixture list you know it's kind to you in places it's unkind to you in others that happens um somebody's got to go to portsmouth on that tuesday night or portsmouth have got to go somewhere you know so whatever i suppose the the reverse is true that they you know that they have to come up to us on a tuesday night as well so it sort of works itself out in that respect but um yeah i i think uh it it was another game and i said this on uh, on social media afterwards that it was another game where we were we were sort of taking a lot from it without taking any points from it. Um, and I think really it was, it was a decent performance um, in my opinion. I think we played, you played well. It was just lacking that little bit up front that, uh, that, that we've been sort of desperate for really to, to get uh, to, to go and, you know, just, just take the game by the scruff of the neck and, and bag a couple of goals. Um what I did, what I was quite surprised at was um, that Mike Appleton went with uh, with Tyler and, and John up front from the start. Um, I, I thought, you know, he's clearly gone there to to try and take all three points. You know, he's not gone there to to uh, 
sort of just make up the numbers if you like. And I hate that phrase, but he he hadn't done, you know, he'd gone there to, to really win, you know, give it a good go of winning. And uh, I think there was a little, well, there was more than a touch of offside about their goal to me. And uh, if I'm honest, I think there was a stonewall penalty on Bruno Andrade uh, in, uh, in the second half, but you can't you can't sort of hang your hat on those moments particularly at the time it didn't look like uh, that many people appealed for the uh, the penalty but um i i think there was an awful lot to take from the game and uh, i can't be too disheartened if we keep on putting performances like that in um although it would be nice to to back it up with the points at the end of the day what do you think two wins from 16 in all competitions um and yet I didn't feel, I felt disappointed we'd lost the game. I didn't feel disappointed with the performance. And I think when you look back over the 16 games, um, starting with MK Dons, um, when we when we lost 2-1 there, probably the only games I think we've played badly was Wickham, Bristol Rovers, mm-hmm. uh, certainly Oxford. It's probably about it. Shrewsbury, maybe we were solid enough, but, um, you know, we didn't lose that game. But, it, yeah, it's... I get that it's a worrying run, um, absolutely 100%. But when you look at the matches, it's it's almost frustrating because it's it's like just just lacking that one little bit of something. Because yeah. I think from from back to almost front, I think we're very good. We, you know, we, we don't concede a lot of goals. Um, when we do concede goals, they're usually uh, an unlucky break, and that's not you know you've got to be in the chances to score. That's not me pleading um, bad luck. But, you know, that ball could have fallen three feet, three foot either side of John Marquis and it's hacked away and that game finishes nil-nil, but it didn't. It fell at his feet. Whereas mm. in the second half, not the uh, in the first half rather, not the second half, um, Bruno was hauled down, I think, wasn't he? And, Sorry, um, yes, it was, yeah. You know, or Br- if he sticks a foot out as he's going down, there's a chance he pokes it in. And do you know what I mean? So it's fine margins. And I think if we were a South End, and I know we lost 6 0 to Oxford, so I'm not going to dwell, but if we were a South End or if we were a Tranmere or an MK Dons where you just know they're going to get beat, with the greatest respect, those three teams are terrible. I think they're worse than Bolton. Um, at the moment, obviously, MK Don's beat has been recently. And I, I, if that was us and you felt we were going every Saturday, going, we're going to lose this, I'd worry. But you, mm. I didn't even feel that when we went to Peterborough. I didn't feel we were going to lose the game. And until Peterborough got their first goal, you know, we matched them. And this is the team that went top of the table last night. Um, and you talk mm. about that run. I mean, okay, you know, Portsmouth are, are actually pretty dire at the moment. And uh, that's what's more frustrating is that we should have beaten them. And uh, I don't think their goal was offside. Um, I've watched it. I'm, I'm, you know, one or two people said that it might be. I think it, when he connects, I actually think Marquis is, is level. Um, but he's just, you know, we're getting in good positions against Portsmouth. And I've, I've been through the numbers again. We had um, 31 positional attacks. So 31 times we moved forward into positive positions with the ball. And we managed four shots. So that's 12.9% of the times we move forward with the ball ends in a shot, which which isn't particularly good. Now, XG is something that I know we bang on about, or uh, certainly, not say we, I, I bang on about it and a lot of the other <laughs> kind of football analytics sites do. Um, but Pompey's XG that was 1.57. So they actually are underperformed. But when you look at the balance of the game, you think, how the hell should they have scored, perhaps gone on and scored another goal? Our XG was 0.92. We controlled that game. We controlled that game, yet our XG was poor. So I, I buy the argument that I was arguing against the other night in that 
you know, we're not threatening enough. Um, mm. But I don't particularly think that it's a lack of creativity. And that sounds ridiculous. But I think that we're creative. I think the problem is that we can't find that final bit in the 18-yard area. Everything's on Tyler. As I put in an article this afternoon, you can't play Tyler and John Akindi together. I was chatting to my mate Pete earlier, um, and you, you can't play two number nines together. It's the same reason that he didn't play um, Matt Green and John Akindi last season, because, again, they're mm. both number nines, and it doesn't work. Uh, if we're going 4-4-2, um, you play Payne or you play Grant or you play Andrade, but but not Big John um, for me. And yeah, I, I personally felt we would probably have got something out of the game if we'd gone 4-2-3-1 because I, I just think that we perhaps... We, it, it's hard because it, it, Jack Payne is a player I really like, um, mm. but he's not producing goals and assists. And whoever plays in that 10 role has got to. I, I raved about him because I thought that's what he was going to do. And I do maybe wonder if the fresh pair of eyes might see that as Bruno's position. And you know, we go back to a 4-2-3-1 uh, and try, and try mm. and be creative. Because we, um, I mean, the play's nice, isn't it? The build, some of the build-up yeah. play's nice. Joe Morrell is a, is a quality footballer. And, yeah, mm. I, haven't, I don't have my heart in my mouth when teams attack against us. Mm. That's what's frustrating, really frustrating. But the harsh fact is that, that Michael Appleton has lost four of his first six games. Yeah, um, I think uh, I, th- I think the thing was when he came in, like a lot of people looked at it and went, right, okay, well, it's a it's a tricky run. Like there's there's no doubt about that. We've played, um, I think those four games of well, four of the uh, four of the games in his first six have been. Against teams that I would I would imagine would be up and around, um, up and around the top six. Um, well, at least at least three of them would be. Um, four? No, you're I right. Think, four, yeah. Portsmouth, Peterborough, Sunderland, and Blackpool. Portsmouth will come good. So yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, of of those of those games, I wouldn't really have anticipated us to pick up many, if any, points. The the ironic thing is, the, the game I thought we might have picked points up against would have been Cambridge, Shrewsbury, um, Cambridge, are in the division below us. Yes, sorry, you're right. Why did I say Cambridge? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I meant. Don't worry about it. Carry on. Yeah, we'll sorry, it's been a long day. Um, but yeah, it's you know of those games, I wouldn't really have, I wouldn't really have uh, expected us to pick up many points. Um, and the game that, the game that, like you say, we, we sort of earmarked as the one where okay, we could we could p- pick up a win here. We we drew in a, a slight, well more than dull nil nil. Um, and I just think, like you say, it's it's that final spark in the uh, in the eighteen yard box. You know, we we can have all the build up play in the world, but then it's just getting the the break. And it's it, it almost seems to be like a, a habitual thing with with uh, with us, where we'll have a striker that gets a few goals and goes on a bit of a run, and then there's a bit of a barren spell for for one or you know one or both of them for a while. Um, and at the minute, I don't know what it is, but it we didn't look like we were going to get much out of the the front two on the, on Tuesday night. And um, the, the person that honestly looked the most like scoring was, was Bruno to me, who I personally thought was man of the match. Um, there was one moment where I think this was in the second half. Yeah, it was when he, he, he ran towards the edge of the box and Tyler Walker was about seven or eight yards behind him coming up on the edge of the box. And he was completely unmarked. And I just thought if, if Bruno sees that, and squares it back or knocks it back to him. I think 
I think he might have had a, a slightly different result than, than what happened. But it's individual moments like that that at the minute we we seem to not be sort of creating that final bit. Um, and it's quite frustrating, but one- it's, it's almost it's almost as if a new manager's just come in and they're just getting used to a new style of play, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. It's, it's almost like that. I mean, you, you could be forgiven for thinking it. I think if we go back to the podcast that we did the night or the couple of nights before the Blackpool or after the Blackpool game, and I think um, we we were talking about how difficult October was going to be, and I I think I said I could see um, four to seven points for us, so mm. I didn't expect them in the order that they've come. Yeah. Um, I think I said six, I might have said six points. I certainly said there's points in there for us before mm. we get to Bolton. Um, you know, I, it's as I, I said. I think if you win, lose, draw in that kind of collection of three. So if you've got four points uh, in in every three matches, you'll end up with something like sixty odd points, and I think that's what we'll finish on. Um, yeah. And you know we've not done too badly, purely and simply because of that run through to early or to mid August. Uh, but it has been a, a terrifically uh, tough time for us. But that's because we're in League One, and, and that's what League One brings. But I'll confidently state I believe that there are three worse teams than us in this division. Um, I believe there are probably six or seven. And when you look at the run of games that we've got coming up, um, Bolton. Mm, you know, we'll talk about that in a minute. But we've got Wimbledon there. We've got Gillingham coming up. We've got Tranmere there as well. They're, they're three games I think that you know we, we should win. Mm. You've got Southend, whom whom we've already beaten, uh, and of the teams that we've played, you know, there's been one or two where I think Accrington, you know, they're not all that. Bristol Rovers, I think, are set for a big fall. I think they've had that. They've had the kind of mid-season bounce that we've had. And and this is it's one of the reasons why I get so mad um, when I see people talking about form and putting form tables up, because it's all right saying oh over the last six matches or whatever uh, Lincoln are crap, but you know we've played tough teams, we've played Peterborough, we've played Portsmouth, we've played Sunderland, Blackpool who are up there, Oxford who are up there. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's going back to before Michael Appleton's time. If you even go back a little further, you've got Bristol Rovers there who have been top four or five uh, recently. You've got, well, I said they've just had the boost, but you've got Wickham Wanderers who we've played, Fleetwood who we've played. All of these teams are in and around the top six or were when we played them. In fact, that's the point. Looking from the beginning of the season, right, in the league, so you talk form, Accrington, fair enough, mid-table. Rotherham, fair enough at the minute, mid-table. Southend, Gash. Doncaster, uh, MK Don's rather bad result, to be honest. Doncaster, game we should have won, but those two games were tough. But then you look, you know, you've got Fleetwood, who are now top what, three or four. Wickham, who are top. Bristol Rovers, who were in the playoffs. Rochdale, mid-table. Oxford, who are in the top six. Blackpool, who were in the top six. Sunderland, who were just outside the top six. Peterborough, who were top. Shrewsbury and Portsmouth, which are the two games that we've just played. So in actual yeah. fact, we've probably only played four or five games where at the time that we've gone into it, that team has been in mid-table or something like that. I know take Portsmouth, take Shrewsbury, you take Doncaster Word, but when you go away to Doncaster and Rotherham, it doesn't matter where they are in the table, they're two teams that you would still expect to have a tough game against. Yeah, And I, ju- I just think coming up now, as you've correctly alluded to, you've got Bolton in the league at home, you've got Wimbledon, skip the Ipswich game and skip the Rotherham game. Then you've got, because uh, they're cup games, you've got Gillingham away, Burton will be tough, Tranmere at home. And then you're into Christmas, Coventry, Oxford, Ipswich, Peterborough, Sunderland, it all starts again. Mm. You know what I mean? In fact, our next, our, the next run of games after that where we should be picking up points is, is February. Mm. So 
the, this, these next four league games are absolutely crucial. They're absolutely crucial in this club's history because if we don't pick up points against Bolton and Wimbledon and Gillingham, particularly, and then perhaps Burton, but if we don't pick up seven from the next nine, then and then perhaps we can start looking over our shoulder and going, well, hang on a minute, you know, we do need January to come. Yeah, um, I think you're right in that because the, the the other problem is, of course, that the it, it's something that we mentioned on the uh, on the show earlier in the earlier in the week where we said that. Um, at the minute, the league is so tight, and it's it's one of those you you can never really put too much stock in in how the league looks at you know relatively early in the season. But people say, oh, let's see what it's like after ten games. Let's see what it's like after fifteen games. We're, we're pretty much there at this point now. You know, we've played. Um, is it fourteen we've played now, or is it fifteen? Fifteen, um, I think. Isn't it? Yeah. So you know, we are at the point now where people would expect to be roughly seeing how the table is going to shake out. Um, and if if this is if the table finishes the way that it is, I would be more than happy with that as a season. I think you know that the the people that were all excited to you know walk the league and and you know go straight back in you know, sort of straight into the championship and all the rest of it. It's like it was never going to happen, even if Danny and Nicky were still here. It, it wouldn't have happened this season, I don't think. But um, I don't yeah. think very many Lincoln fans felt that was going to be the case. I think we had. I think a lot of. Um, kind of other podcasts uh, thought that we were going to have that bounce. And even if the previous manager in that stayed, I think they they thought that that might happen. Mm. But in all honesty, I don't think there was very many of us that were saying anything outside of 10th. Um, mm. I mean, I'll, I'll revise with the manager change. And, and I, I personally think now 14th to 16th. Mm. Um, and that'll be a reasonable finish to build on. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it is that it's that sort of right well you know we need to take stock of things have a quick look at it and see right do i need to readjust my expectations do i need to think uh slightly differently about how this season's going to pan out but ultimately like as long as we don't end up in that bottom three we'll be absolutely fine and we won't won't. no i think you're right we've i've not seen anything that worries me to the point where i think we need to you know start looking over our shoulders a few things, a few things worry me, but not in that respect. Yeah, um, you know, the, I, I've made this, this point, and I keep ramming it home. But the, Danny's squad is not Michael Appleton's squad, and therefore, you know, the, the squad that we had that was a striker lacking, and we've always said that. But that squad was a good squad for playing the the, the style of football and the the, the route to goal that um, the previous manager wanted to play. Um, but that's now not the case. And I think Michael Appleton would like additional striking options. It seems to be a, a slightly higher tempo, if I'm honest. Mm. Um, and I, I, yeah, I just I hate to say that one or two of the players um, that we relied upon last season have not made the grade in League One mm. at the moment. Um, I'm not. I was a massive fan of John Akindi, but I'm you know, and I, I know he works hard as the target man, um, and I get that. But I don't think you need a target man when you're not playing the long ball football, and he doesn't yeah. work as well as the target man as Matt did. And if if John made the sort of runs that Tyler made, the gamble, if John gambled once or twice, I think he would be a, a, a top player. I just wonder if the injury that he suffered the season before he moved to us has just affected him a little bit because it's not the John Akindi. Um, you know, people were saying he could play championship when he was at Barnet, and at the minute, 
you know, impact sub, yes. Starter, no. And I think the reason that neither John nor Tyler looked uh, particularly effective uh, is, is exactly what we said earlier, is that they want to play on the same lines. And, mm. you know, there was runs that Tyler might have made that he didn't make because he was playing four four two, and John was in the position to make the run and then didn't make the run. Mm. Um, yeah, there, there was a couple of times at um, a couple of times against Portsmouth where you, you see, um, I think there was one where Tyler put a cross in, and it was just one of those where you, you looked at it and thought, oh, it, it, if there'd have been someone on the end of it, and it was unfortunately that point where if that person would have been John, um, and it, he he was sort of stood off his man, and it, I don't know, it, it was frustrating. But I, I like John. I, I like yeah. John. I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not criticising him, calling him a bad footballer. Um, but what I'm saying is, for the style that we play, if Tyler plays John Khan, mm. and all these people saying you've got to play them together, it, it's not that simple. It is just not. You know, if we're gonna, you need a, like Tyler would work better with somebody like Chris Maguire, um, who I know has worked with Mike Clapton before, and he won't be joining us because he's at Sunderland. But the creative player, and you, you know, I said it in the, the article earlier. You think of the likes of Lineker and Beardsley, and you put you could put Walker in the Lineker role, but Tyler couldn't play the Beardsley role. And you know, Jack Payne could, if he was maybe a bit bigger and a bit stronger. You know, you can't five foot three strikers don't normally happen because sometimes they need to be able to get on the end of the balls mm. as well. So it's that role that we're missing, you know, and, and oddly, I think Danny kept the number nine shirt available when in actual fact, it was probably a 10 that we needed. Yeah. Um, but um, anyway, let's, um, let's put Portsmouth to bed. I think um, one thing that I do want to say actually is, uh, is that despite the, well, I was going to say borderline, but despite a lot of the unfair criticism that was levied at him before the game, I thought Callum Conley had a really good game with what, yeah, I mean, with with one exception being the, uh, the 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 challenge that he put in, that he was very lucky to stay on the pitch for, um, in my opinion. But yeah, overall, I thought he had a really good game. Um, yeah, and his atrocious header that should have hit the oh god, yeah, that was. But he's not a striker, no, is he? No, That's he's not. Point. I mean, that, that, that was the thing. If that had been, you know, if that had been Bruno on the end of it, he would have probably brought it down for the the shot or had, took it on the volley. But it wasn't. It was, you know, it was Callum Connolly, and he was playing centre back, and unfortunately went wide. But you know, put it this way: I've no worries at all about the centre backs this weekend. Yeah, yeah I, no, I'll sorry. agree with you on that. I think it was, uh, you know. It was an assured performance for for someone that was as young as he is, um, in a position that's probably not his first choice. But um, anyway, I think it is. Is that? I think th- I think he's played um, centre back quite a bit okay. over the course of his career. Um, not you know he's played left back. I think he's played left centre back, and I think midfield central midfield is probably not his preferred position. Hmm, okay. So, Fair enough. I, I didn't realise that. I, I thought he was a central midfielder uh, primarily. But uh, anyway, um, right. We will move on to Bolton. But before we do that, we have got our other semi-regular um, feature, and we've got uh, Jimbo's thoughts. Uh, when was this one taken, Gary? Was this at the um, the Shrewsbury game. game? Yeah, Shrewsbury game. Yeah. Okay. Right. So yeah, here's uh, here's Jimbo. <laughs> Jimbo. So I'm here with uh, Jimbo for his usual spot. Jimbo, I notice you're wearing shorts. Why? Well, it's not cold yet. 
Well, it is because you've got a coat on, haven't you? Have you have you not got any trousers to wear? No, I'm going shopping next week. So why haven't you got any trousers to wear, Jim? They've got holes in the pockets. Thank you. More from Jimbo next week. Jimbo. Brilliant, so that was Jimbo, and I would just like to add as a postscript, it turns out that he genuinely doesn't own a pair of trousers that he can wear to the football, uh, and he's tasked his long-suffering other half with getting him one. Um, the mind That's boggles. Incredible. That's yeah, incredible. it is, isn't it? Oh, dear. But, uh, yep, yeah, so, Bolton this weekend. Um, obviously, it is a game that I think, had we played, well six weeks earlier, seven weeks earlier maybe, we would have been predicting a very different result than uh, what I imagine we're going to be talking about now. So um, your thoughts on on uh, Bolton, particularly the, well, maybe the situation, how things have turned around since then and uh, what we think we can expect for the weekend, Gary? Yeah, I'm not going to talk about their situation, um, anything like that, because we, we'll we talk about the team that we're going to face. Um, the organised side... I likened them earlier to when you played, when you were a younger man. When I was a younger man, I used to play football manager, um, well, it was championship manager back then. Uh, and what I would do sometimes is I would take two or three teams over, um, pillage all the money from, from a couple of teams into one team and then use that money to buy a, a strong squad. Uh, but what hmm. that would inevitably mean is that three or four games in, you would have three or four really good players dotted about and then you'd have one or two bags of cack that you had to play for a couple of weeks. Um, that, I'm not calling some of the Bolton players bags of cack, uh, but what they've got is you look at one or two of the players and you go, he's not League One standard, Jesus. He, do you know what I mean? And then you look hmm. at one or two of the others and you go, yeah, okay. Um I mean, when you look at because uh, they line up in a in a four two three one, they're they're eager not to get beaten. Um, but as the weeks are progressing under Keith Hill, they're actually turning into a, a, a decent side, um, struggling with injuries. Uh, they got a lad from Stoke called uh, Valinden, really really good player, um, under twenty one international, scored a couple of goals for them, plays on the flank. I think he's mm. injured, so I think he's out. Got Liam Bridcut. Uh, in the midfield, who moved to Sunderland for three or four million. He moved to Leeds for one or two million. He moved to Forest for a million. Two years later, he's playing in Bolton Wanderers midfield. Um, far, far too good for this level. Would get into 95% of other teams in this division and would get into probably 20% of the championship teams as well. He'd certainly play for Millwall, Barnsley, Luton, teams like that. Uh, broken collarbone against Blackpool, probably going to miss the game. Dennis mm. Politic, uh, former Manchester United youngster, and Ronan Darcy is one of their own homegrown youngsters. Both really good footballers. Both got Premier League teams looking at them. Had good starts to the season. Both missed the Bristol Rovers game. So they've actually they're in the middle of an injury crisis at the moment. But you look at some of the players that they do have in their squad. You've got Josh Emmanuel at right back, who was at um, Ipswich, played against us. Then he moved on loan to Rotherham, helped Rotherham to promotion from League One, played against us in the Cup in our first year back. Really good player, got a lot of time for him. Um, you've got Luke Murphy and Jason Lowe playing the holding midfield role. Luke Murphy, but former Burton Albion and Leeds midfielder. Um, Lowe, another experienced midfielder. I can't think where Jason Lowe's been, actually. 
Uh, I know he's a, obviously he may have played midfield. I think he played for Blackburn Rovers, um, but he was a former England under twenty one. So they've, they've got this they've got this quite tight uh, midfield anchor there that they look to build the rest of the team around. Jack Hobbs might be coming at centre half, but again he was out injured against Bristol Rovers. So they beat Bristol Rovers two 0 What we talked there, five first team players out. Mm. Um, up top, Daryl Murphy, thirty six years old. Um, but not so long ago, scored 27 goals in the championship for Ipswich. Uh, for me, robust, bit of a target man. Um, and they, then they look to get the runners in and around him. They've got, and I, forgive me for my pronunciation here because I will get shot down, and I always do because I, I, mean, I'm, I talk like I'm thick. But he's a kid who's come from Rangers, and I think it's pronounced Dodo or Dudo. It's D-O-D-O-O. Um, he could be a real threat. But then on the left, they've got Chris O'Grady. I've seen Chris O'Grady play against us for a number of teams. And every single time I've seen him play, he's been utterly abysmal. Um, hmm. And he's been playing on the left, or he's certainly played on the left for them against Bristol Rovers. And he's he's, he's poor. The centre-half pairing of Zuma and Earl, um, both from a 21. And I just think Bristol Rovers, because they've had Johnson Clark Harris injured and they had to start up front with uh, Adebayejo and Tom Nichols, they didn't even play Tyler Smith. So I think that they probably didn't. They set up not to get beat at home. They played five at the back and three in midfield. So you look at Bolton's win, fair play to them. They got this 2-0 win, but you know they played a defensive Bristol Rovers side. I'd, if we don't win this game even with the, the quality players that they've got, and even though it is a potential banana skin, that we have got to go and win this game. Um, not just because they're bottom, not because of the points deficit, but because of the injuries that they've got, because of the relatively um, youthful feel to areas of their team. If, if all those players are still missing, Ben, um, Tyler Walker and the likes of Bruno and George Grant should have a field day against the likes of Earl and Zuma and Chickson at fullback. Really should. Mm. Yeah. Um, There's not much I can disagree with you on that one. I think it is a game that we should be winning. Um, You look at the table, obviously, Bolton have had a a hefty points deduction. And I know at the start of the season when we we sort of did our little who's going to go up, who's going to go down sort of predictions, you said I'd I'd fallen into like the QI trap initially of of saying that Bolton were going to drop. Um, I still don't think they're going to do it. And I think it's for the reasons that you've said in terms of, you know, they've got players that, yes, they've got some decent players, but it's not an entire squad of decent players. You know, it's it's a squad of, it's a squad of players that they, they kind of had to cobble together at the last minute in the, you know, for the transfer deadline um, to go through. Um, and it, it worries me a little bit that they're starting, well, they seem to have hit a little bit of form going into Saturday, but like you said, the, the form table doesn't really mean anything um, when you when you look at the opponents. So um, I'd like to see us really go out and attack it. I'd re- I'd love to see us, you know, go and and carry on the mentality that we we took to Portsmouth because I, we didn't play bad football. We played some decent stuff, and I actually think for as I said earlier in the week, I think for about half an hour we played some relatively decent stuff against Shrewsbury as well, um, and that's the bit that actually quite excites me about where we are with um with with Michael Appleton at the minute is that we've he's seemingly getting his you know getting his hooks into it and he's getting his hands 
dirty with all the players and going, right, okay, you will go here. This is exactly what you're going to do. And the, the players seem to start to be reacting to it now. And it looks like we're putting together some really decent passive moves and some decent football at times. So I hope, I hope that this carries on and I hope that it's uh, it results in, you know, a decent scoreline at the weekend. Um, it's just that little bit of confidence that might be lacking in the, in the attacking third. Um, it, it seems to me, you mentioned, you know, you mentioned earlier about Jack Payne um, not providing the assists and the goals. To me, it feels a little bit like he might be lacking in confidence and that when he gets, you know, when he gets maybe one or two, he'll, he'll start to, to pick his shoulders up a bit and, and really go for it. I think the phrase I used a while ago was shot anxiety. Like he doesn't seem to want to shoot, um, which is completely, you know, negated by the fact that the statistic is that he's had the most shots without scoring or he, he before the Blackpool game, he had had the most shots without scoring. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just think he's, he's due a goal and he's due a bit of a run, to be honest. I think when he gets, when he gets one or two, they'll just start trickling in a little bit more from Jack. So um, hopefully he'll, he'll bag one on Saturday, but uh, is there anything else you want to you talk about um, about Bolton? Or no, just, we, I found that quite interesting um, about Jack Payne because you're actually quite right. Um, he didn't he didn't have any shots against Oxford. He didn't have any shots against Wickham. When we play badly, it's he doesn't have any shots. He didn't have one against Shrewsbury. The last time he got a shot on target was against Sunderland. Um, in the three, the last three games, Peter with Shrewsbury and Portsmouth, he's had two shots, neither of them on target. Um, which is a concern. His XG was uh, in some matches as much as 0.44, 0.41, which isn't too bad. Um, he's been at 0.03, nothing, 0.02, 0.06. Uh, Bristol Rovers, 0.07. When we don't play well, he doesn't play well. Now take that whichever way you will. Is it that when he doesn't mm. play well, we don't play well? So when Jack Payne isn't linking the forward and the midfield and getting the ball out wide, we struggle. Or when you look at, at this week against Portsmouth, okay, we didn't score. Payne didn't play well. Let's, let's make no bones about it. One shot off target, XG of 0.03, uh, 32 passes. How many of those were actually uh, forward or into the final third? Um, you'll just have to bear with me. But what I'm saying is, we actually didn't play too badly. So his his, um, his influence suddenly may not quite have been missing as much. Okay, we didn't score. I get that, but you know he he played nine forward mm. passes on Tuesday night and three passes into the box. So I just think when you know. I'm not digging Jack out because I think he's a superb football player. Um, but I just think it's time to give him a bit of a rest. When you think he played 95 minutes uh, against uh, Portsmouth, 86 against Shrewsbury, 82 against Peterborough, 98 it was in total against Sun. I just think it's time to just, just shuffle it about a bit. But it's easy for us to say that, isn't it? Because we don't see him in training. We don't know what's going yeah. on. So it's easy to be a, uh, an armchair pundit. Um, but I, I do just wonder if it's time. I still think we stick to a four-two-three-one. I don't want to see, unless it's with one of the other players, a four-four-two. I think is, is going to be dangerous given the four-two-three-one that, that Bolton play. And you know we shouldn't underestimate them at all because they're just as capable of winning this game as they are uh, the one against Bristol Rovers. Uh, uh, 
we, I don't want us to be so adventurous that we lose solidity at the back. You know, I'd rather we drew nil nil than lost six five. Mm. So, um, yeah, it'll be. I think it'll be a nervy afternoon. Let me tell you this: I won more money uh, this week on a bet because ahead of the game, I had a tenner on uh, Lincoln's game to have fewer than two point five goals. Um, coupled with a Sunderland win, but they were playing Tranmere, so that was easy money. Um, <laughs> I'd, I'd be betting on under 2.5 goals again this week. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd hope to. I'd hope it's not overly nervy, but I think yeah, under 2.5 is is probably yeah probably about right. Might be a bit cagey, but you watch. It'll be like it, we'll win about eight nil on Saturday. Now It'll be- no, we, we won't. <laughs> <laughs> Um, cool. So that's uh, that's it for for Bolton. Then um, is there anything else that you want to mention before we wrap up? No, I don't really think so. No, to be honest. No, I can't think of. I don't really have anything to plug at the moment. So. No, I don't think we have either at the moment. Uh, well, don't think I have. Um, May as well just give up and go home, aren't we? <laughs> well, uh, yeah. I mean, we we are still we are still sort of having some talks with with folks at the club to to possibly get some exciting stuff happening but uh, that's all sort of a bit of a tease that's all we can give you at the moment but uh, if you and we uh, would have had bobs on if you hadn't gone to see Tim Minchin yes i went to see Tim Minchin last night which is why the podcast's late and unfortunately we would have had bobs on yesterday um and uh, yeah i i sort of forgot and then said to bobs that I couldn't do the pod tonight, and he got all upset. Bless him. He had a he had a story from when he, t- he apparently spoke to Sean Raggett on Tuesday night. Yeah, he had loads of good good content ready, and all the, all the listeners have got is me and you banging on again. And they could have had Bob's. I mean, admittedly, we we would have had to have had subtitles, which I don't know exactly how you do that on a podcast. Maybe I, mean, I could have translated. I say trans, you know, transcribe it on the uh, on the blog. That would have been fine. Yeah, that could have been. <laughs> that been. But uh, anyway, if you see Jake on Saturday with his uh, fetching vest, do say hello, and uh, we'll get you on uh, with the uh, with his interviews. And uh, yeah, we'll see you at the bank on Saturday. If not, we'll see you next week. Take care, guys. Bye bye. Bye. The 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.